Sometimes it's a husband sleeping around on his wife. Other times there's an elaborate heist and everything's going according to plan. But wait, one member of the group has their own ideas. Or it's three friends who forgo their fourth friend and record their podcast all on their own. It's Betrayal this week on Nothing Good. better than anything i had written noah brown ladies and gentlemen you know what but not forgotten you know what you know what no no i got a little gift for you i got something for you fuck you oh there it is we miss you we got one out early that's the is that the first one without noah the first fuck i dropped i dropped the fuck you last episode was it was it the fuck you i feel like it was but it was later in the episode so i was getting a little drunk i got you yeah Yeah. it may not have had the the spark in the in the fire you know, I was, if you remember, like, back in, like, some of the early days of the podcast, Noah would, like, rev up for it. You know, he would, yeah, he would a whole get a running start. He'd get yeah. a running start. Jeff, with your hardwood floors, we could power slide into the fuck you. <laughs> you may get injured. I think it's totally worth it, though. I, I think it's, I think it's worth a try, you know, while we're, while we're doing this. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, welcome back, fellas. It's nice to be back. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty good to be back. Or just pretty good. Just pretty good. Yeah. We need to do better then. Well, it should be great to be back, right? Eh, you know, depending on how much of the game you played. <laughs> oh. Listen, I wasn't even going to bring that up. <laughs> but shit, oh, since it, you it just did. definitely going to come up. Um, speaking of games, so we're going to be, we're doing something a little different this particular episode. Now, obviously, our general focus is to cover things that are a little older, things that are a bit more of a retro feel, things from the, you know, the 80s and 90s, maybe the very early 2000s. Rare, I think the only time we've ever done anything like this is uh, the Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, but I... So, behind the curtains, uh, over a year ago, when Noah and I decided to do this show, and we were going through, like, what did we really want to cover for sure, like, and I kind of was like, well, man, there's this game, and I mentioned Hellblade to him, Sinuous Sacrifice, because I've heard of it, but I've never played it, I'm like, listen, if there's a game that you, anybody who's a gamer has access to a, I think, I don't even know if it's on PlayStation or not, but I think it is, but it's an, it's yeah. originally an Xbox exclusive, or on PC, if you want to experience a truly a masterpiece of a game, you want to play Hellblade. Uh, and it, he like really perked up, and I'm like, it's going on the list. So it's a little newer. I think it's like 2019 it came out. It's a very new game, but it's so good. I cannot uh, encourage enough that if you have access to this game, it's worth the money if it's full price. It's it's worth the full price. Yeah, and it's it's available on all platforms. So it originally came out as a PS4 and, and PC game in 2017. 2018 it was ported to the xbox 2019 it was ported to the switch and in 2021 it was uh redone for the xbox series x and series s so if you have any gaming system you can play this fucking game you know um not really the kind of game i think the nintendo crowd would play what are you trying to say about Nintendo players? I'm not saying anything about Nintendo players that well, you not already know about <laughs> Nintendo players. Why are you looking personal. at me like when, like that when you say it? It's well, kind of weird. 
you no well, let's let's clarify here right so you are a nintendo player yes uh you are like myself a nintendo loyalist yes. we, we will get whatever nintendo system comes out mm-hmm. um we've got that brand thing going on but you also have an xbox and you do not limit yourself to playing just one system. So I don't put you in that same category as somebody who maybe only has a Nintendo. You know, maybe because it's a family system, you're, you're trying to make sure you have some stuff for the, uh, for the kiddos. Which, again, it's kind of funny because uh, your daughter, as we are gearing up for this episode, was trying to explain to her her version of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Through the lens of an 8-year-old. Which I wish we could have had... Um, <laughs> that conversation recorded but my favorite part is her looking down at riley and going um if you understand this um there's some other things going on yeah i would be concerned if you totally understood everything that was going on in this because there's a lot happening it was a lot a lot for sure yeah um so uh the basic concept here is this is a third person action puzzle game uh very much in the vein of like you know like the tomb raider games that came out where it's like you know, a lot of puzzles and different little biomes that you go to but more specifically this game is about uh, uh uh i don't know i can't remember the actual like what what her tribe is is i can't remember i, I don't really recall but it's like a uh, a norse woman the yep. pick tribe in orkney scotland Scot- Scottish. Around 980. There we go. Thanks, Mac. You're welcome. Uh, so her name is Senua, and she's suffering from uh, hallucinations. She's suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. She's suffering from, ultimately, psychosis. Um, that's what this game is really about, mental health. That, uh, it is Wasn't easily... he also a wrestler for WCW? Psychosis? Yeah. Yeah, Psychosis, he had the, the mask. He yeah. did have the mask. Yeah. He, had the mask. he was yeah. pretty badass, actually. I had a little bit of trouble, trouble disassociating between Psychosis the Wrestler and Psychosis the uh, <laughs> mental health condition as this game started. Oh! Are you sure you that played also the says right something game? about you. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are talking about uh, WCW uh, 2000, right? Oh, Halloween yeah. Havoc. Halloween right Havoc. Oh, it's, it's, it's back. It's still playing. <laughs> it's never left. Um, so the the so Senya was on this mission. She's on this quest. Her the love of her life, a man named Dillian, has been brutally murdered by a rival tribe. How do we know it was brutally murdered? Because they you didn't get you didn't that far the in the game. Oh. You find out that <laughs> he I was brutally he was brutally murdered. Yes, he was. Did they, did they actually murdered. say brutally as a part of this? Oh, uh, you see it. He was sacrificed. Oh, you see he was it. sacrificed. He, he's, he's murderized. Yeah. But is the sacrifice a brutal murder? I mean, since in Isn't some cultures... Isn't any sacrifice brutal? Not necessarily, because in a lot of cultures, they probably consider that to be a beautiful sacrifice. I don't think that Dillian no, did. There was fire and blood and... Yeah. I don't think he wanted to be. Probably was not a pleasant experience for him. But no. the, the Northmen sacrificed... Yeah. They, they Northmen murdered ra- him. Northmen raiders <laughs> killed everyone in the village and sacrificed just Wait, him. Are you talking and about... murdered the, everyone Are you else. talking about Viking raiders? Not the tech. Did, okay. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, yeah. And not the rest of the luchador psychosis. So, (laughs) she's on this quest. She has his head. That's all she has left of him. And she is trying to, because in her belief, in the people's belief system. Wait, is it the same head as Al Snow? That's not what everybody wants. Oh, it's a different kind of head. Yes, it is a decapitated head. Oh, what's the head that Al Snow wants? I think you know. Everyone knows. Oh, you know. So she is. On... You were doing your best to derail this yeah. whole conversation. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, it's just I got like just for whatever reason. As soon as you mentioned psychosis, and I thought about the luchador from from late '90s WCW, um, and also a small cameo in Spider-Man, right? 
He's isn't he the first wrestler that is like getting carted out after Bonesaw? I have no idea. I actually think he is. Yeah, I don't recall. I mean, very well. He's could like, be. oh my legs, I can't feel my legs, and like he's getting carted out on a stretcher when when Peter's standing there. In so his is that sweatshirt. you think that's him based on the, the mask? The mask? Yeah, or... I think it's the mask. Well, Mac, you, you look it up. I guess I do. As I'm it. as I'm explaining the story yeah. here, you can look up whether or not that's psychosis. <laughs> no, so just for whatever reason, as we're as we start, I know what scene about... you're talking about, and and, and I'm trying to reimagine, yeah, I like it, and I can maybe that. see that. Do I pull up the scene? Are we allowed to even like play a scene I on, didn't, I on just, the air I mean, You can just look up and see you if could, it's him. Yeah, you could just Google it. Um, so anyhow, uh, she's on this mission uh, to re- to retrieve his soul. Because in the, her people's belief system, the, the skull, the head, is the seat of the soul. And she is going to hell to face Hela to retrieve said soul. Because she believes that she's the reason for all the horrible things that have happened. And Mac thinks this is funny. No, it's because as I typed in, is psychosis in Spider-Man, the first search results that came back is, does Spider-Man have a mental illness? Oh, oh, well, he probably does. <laughs> and and just the first response is, not at all. He's totally normal. <laughs> at, at most, I'd say he has forms of anxiety. <laughs> I'm just laughing because that wasn't what I was expecting from my search results here. Good old-fashioned um, Google machine. Yeah. yeah, it'll get you every time. But yeah, so that's sort of the the basis of the story. And before we dive too deep into it, uh, so the game was developed by Ninja Theory, which mm. is a, a video game developer, obviously. Uh, British company. Hellblade was their first self-published title. It's wild. Um, so they uh, were really focused on that. Uh, before that, they had made uh, Kung Fu Chaos on the OG Xbox. <laughs> really? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Heavenly Sword and uh, the much-criticized Devil May Cry reboot. Uh, which they actually got death threats at the studio for. Um, this game, first self-published title, like I said, sold a million copies in the first year, and as a result, they got bought by Microsoft and are now part of Xbox Game Studios. Yes. Did they just bite everything? Does Microsoft just buy everything? Well, this was before they were like in the business of just, uh, just buying acquiring... up all the small developers. So yeah. It was a big deal for them as a studio. Um, so it's it's this game... Uh, is very important for a number of reasons. One, because technically it's an indie game. Yeah. And if you look at the quality of oh it uh, compared to other indie games, uh, they really wanted to focus on, you know, how do we make a game that looks the way that this game looks without spending a ridiculous amount of money and really hone in on the storytelling aspect of it. And in this particular instance, you know, really focus on bringing mental illness awareness to light. Um, so they... Uh, work closely with neuroscientists, mental health specialists, uh, people who are living with psychosis today to make sure that they weren't like falsely representing that illness in the game so that people can actually like get awareness from it. Yeah. Um, and they actually, there's a number of websites. They have their own mental health website uh, based on the game that has all sorts of research and uh, help and support type things specifically around psychosis and mental health awareness so it 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 was revolutionary in in a number of ways one because they just did it and two because of the social impact that it had because no other game has really made people even think about that Um, no i can tell you i I, there's never been a game ever played that really put it front and center it made you empathize yeah yeah for sure you really sort of 
and and even at at the beginning of the game it gives you a disclaimer that hey this is this is a real illness uh and this is what it's like for people who are going through that so like you start to think about the game a little different because you're like what's real and what's not Mm -hmm. and how if you put yourself in senua's shoes like how would you react and survive and thrive with that constantly going on in your head so within you know senua as a player so we know she has psychosis she has a number of voices in her head the the, the, the furies i think they're the called. furies uh the darkness dillian are all within her head talking to her uh and one thing that's really cool uh and i'm sure we'll dive into a little bit is sort of the experience aspect of this game so in most games you know you're just playing it uh and if you're playing it without headphones uh you can hear the voices sort of subtly uh but if you put headphones on they're in your head yes the voices are loud and in your head yeah the way that they have the uh the dolby it makes it sound like it's you know, it's not on the outside. It's like right in between, yeah. like yeah. behind your eyes. It's an yeah, amazing and there's, experience. Yeah, there's no like heads up display. There's no tutorial when you start the game. It's just the voices telling you what to do and what to not do. Yes, uh, it's it's pretty unique. So yeah, I definitely needed the tutorial. You know, <laughs> when when I first started playing, um, you know, I'm, I'm I haven't really played a a, um, a game like ever like this, right? So, you know, you're conditioned to, to how you play certain types of games. And, you know, I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm, I'm in a boat. I'm just rowing. You know, do I do I row? No, I don't row. All right, we'll just keep going here. Get out of the boat. All right, let's let's go ahead and do some shit. You can't do anything. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, oh, I can, I'm trying to jump. No jump. I'm trying mm-hmm. to, like, unsheathe my sword and just nope. kind of swing at some shit. Nope, can't do that. Um, and I'm like, what do I, I'm just walking. And I'm hearing all these people talking to me, you know, jeering you, mocking you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the narrator saying, hey, uh, just so you know, before you start playing uh, at the end, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You're not going to survive, which you think is like, you know, that's people trying to hype you up. Like, no, she was right. I don't <laughs> you're going to yeah. die. I mean, I don't I don't know. <laughs> the that game is called her sacrifice. I was going to say, if you're paying attention here, dear sweet listeners at home. The game is called uh, Senua's Sacrifice. So when they tell you at the beginning of the game you're going to die, I'd give them the benefit of the doubt. But as we get to the end here, she, does, she doesn't actually die. She she dies, but she doesn't In actually die. It's, it, but we're getting there. So before we even get into like the symbolism in the story, I really want to just really touch on... Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Mac, uh, good call. Um, what are you drinking today, Mr. McDonald? Um, so... I am. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really say I'm hungover, um, but I'm hungover. So Jeff. Good. <laughs> so so dear dear sweet listeners, uh, good uh, good friend Jeff here. Got some. Um, oh fuck! What was the porno they were making? And Zach and Mary make the porno. Suck my cockachino. Suck my cockachino. Yeah. So Jeff gave me a cockachino actually. Uh, um, look at that. To go ahead and drink. It's probably not what it's called. It's girthy. No, it's cocachino, but. Even when I go out and I drink this beer, because it's made by Hitchhiker, which is right down the street from the three yeah. of us, uh, I always call it Cockachino. <laughs> I feel like you have to. I mean, you were in you the movie. You have to. Yeah, you, you were in the movie. You have to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm drinking some cock this morning. A Chino. Um, nice, delicious porter with... <laughs> All I hear is my wife and kids snickering in the background. 
Like, did he uh, just say yeah, he's taken? That just happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at the same time, what you did not see was that your your teenage daughter was actually at the bottom of the steps as I said. <laughs> she's going back no, up as a drinking cock, and that. she just had the hood up the whole kind of way through. So it could have been a specter too. I'm not exactly quite sure. They probably move with the same kind of quietness. Agreed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm drinking some uh, cappuccino here. Nice uh, coffee uh, porter here, which you know, kind of getting the the morning coffee going. Um, which I actually don't drink coffee. I don't know if you guys really knew that or not. I but, did. Yeah. Well, he you drink, live with me. You know He that. drinks espresso. Oh, <clears throat> fucking idiots. I don't even... <laughs> no, I just like saying espresso because it pisses of the rage, off. The rage in... in like, I like how I go... Hold on. I go through like the drive-thru sometimes, right? Now, like sometimes for before work, I'll go to McDonald's and get myself like a, a biscuit or something and like a nice coffee or something. Yeah. And I'll go, I'd like two extra shots of espresso, please. And I specifically pronounce that some bitch properly. And then... With all due respect to the hard workers behind the glass, you hear me say it. The shit's on your screen, and you have the temerities to then respond with, and two shots of espresso. Yes, two shots yes, of espresso. That's, that's it. Because it's expressive is what it is. Fuck you. You, <laughs> you know, dear, dear sweet <laughs> listeners, if you ever want to trigger a brown, um, because there is a family that takes their coffee more seriously than the Browns, I, I'd like to meet them. <laughs> yeah. Because, man, does that family take their coffee seriously. If you want to trigger a brown, you know that, like, that like gif that you would see on social media of the, um, I'm guessing it's a woman. I don't want to necessarily, like, mispronounce their pronouns, but it could be a they. I'm not quite sure. But the person's, like, get their head back, their eyes are right open, they have glasses in it, and they're just, like, yeah, shaking. Yeah, I've seen that picture, triggered. Yeah. That's basically um, a brown when you say the word espresso to them. Um, it's quite, it's quite a scene. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is a nice way to kind of keep my, my hungover moving in the right direction. Um. I'm glad I could help. While also getting a little bit of that morning, uh, morning thing. Gotta get that buzz. Yeah. 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 So I'm also drinking a cappuccino. It's a, it's a coconut coffee porter. That's what it is. Yeah. I am in fact not. I'm just drinking yet another Southern tier eight days a week because I have a case at home. And I don't drink a lot, so it's going to take like seven weeks for me to drink all of it with these episodes. Yeah, now was... that we got that out of the way, let's yeah. get back in. Yeah. So before we get to like the story and the symbolism, because I really, I want to like kind of chew on that later. Uh, but man, the stuff that I really liked about this game, like just as a video game, was just the combat felt so heavy. It felt so good. Every swing it meant something, mm-hmm. you know? And once you start mastering the parrying and everything, and it, you, oh. you, start, you really start feeling, getting a, a groove and a vibe. Uh, but if you're going to have a game with sword play and shields and maces and, and, and axes, it's got to be heavy. It's got to feel like it means something. And, and with the overall Viking, you know, just, just the, the heavy theme throughout the video game, you're not dealing with like British weapons. You're not dealing with. I mean, you're talking. They're like, all very primitive. Everything's very yeah. primitive, but you. But like you said, Jones, the weight. You mm-hmm. know, like when you're hitting, when you're striking those um, giant wooden shields. You know, you feel like you're yes. not getting anywhere by by hitting those shields. And that was one of the things for me, at least early on playing the game, that was such a pain in the ass to kind of get used to was just the paring system, and you know. This, you know, you don't have a health meter in this game. There are no health, re- you know, you're not getting any health packs or anything. Nope. There's, there's nothing, it's just, you know, you're playing as this character, and if you get fucked up, the rot sets in. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, you basically have only so much time. Like, if you keep dying in the game, the rot's going to continue to set in. And once the rot gets to your, your head, you're dead. That's what they say. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's a MacGuffin. That's the well, best I'm... part. But that's the best part. Exactly. But that, you're at experience. It, just, it gets to right here and it just stops. Yeah. But they yeah. did that on purpose because of the the immediacy of the, the, the moment that Sinua's in. She's mm-hmm. so convinced of all the stuff that's happening that yeah. if the rock gets to her head, then it's over. Right. And so for my first playthrough... I was con- I'm like, oh man, I can't, I can't fuck up. I gotta, oh, yeah, I gotta, yeah. like, I gotta really do this. And uh, I, I learned much later on after my first playthrough that yeah. it didn't actually matter. And I was like, well, some bitch. You know, it's 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 <laughs> funny. It's funny because like as you kind of go through, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of the levels and some of the things you experience in some of the levels. Um, but you know, they say very clearly to you, like, and it's I think it's written in the in the, the text pops up on the screen that. If you, if the rock gets to your head, that's your all of your progress in the game is done, yep. and you have to start over from scratch, yeah. right? So you feel this sense just as you start playing the game, and you you know because I mean what how you're probably playing the game for how long before you even encounter anything that you have to fight, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so you kind of got this establishment already where there's not a lot going on. You're walking around, you're exploring, you're you're kind of figuring out like just the landscapes and everything and then once you finally have an encounter with a bad guy you know they start kind of tossing that stuff out to you and you're like well fuck mm-hmm. you're like i cannot screw up here yeah it's, it's finite yeah exactly and that's the beauty of it and um, it puts and it and, it, and you you play that you play with that 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 final finality finacity finality Fina- that finacity. we'll go with that i don't know i was trying to come up with a word that <laughs> sounded like you really use that more often Finacity, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, the finality to to it that uh, you don't really get in a lot of games. Mm-mm. Yeah, like and, yeah, and the gameplay is sort of unique. You know, we we touched on both sides of it. So, one part is all you can do is walk and run and look around, and, and you run. Um, you don't even run fast. No, and so that part of the game is all puzzle based. Yeah. So, it's you know you basically find these runes that are on a door, and in order to get through that door, you have to visualize those runes in your environment so they're the shapes of letters and, and symbols all sorts of things and yeah and that's a hell of a thing too because as soon as you first kind of go into that because again there's there's no you know um introduction to the gameplay there's no tutorials or anything you basically have to figure that out real quick yeah mm-hmm. what you're looking for because mm-hmm. you know you, there's no there's nothing to kind of lead you into that nope you just kind of you just experience it yeah the whole game is just it is really just her experience, and you are riding with that experience. Uh, and I don't know if I've ever played a game, and I felt this way the first playthrough, and I still, to this day, I feel the exact same way. I don't know if I've ever felt so much for a singular character, like that I'm playing as, than Senua. I feel bad for her. My, my heart goes out to her in this journey that she's on mentally and emotionally. Um, and no other game I've ever played. And and hats off to uh, the actress Melina Jurgen because she, her, she does such an amazing job conveying emotion. Yeah. Her eyes are so expressive. She doesn't have to even say much, but her eyes, her facial expressions, the fear, the the angst, the the sadness, the regret, the the self hatred, all of that. You just described my Saturday night. Hey, that's that's, that's a hell of a night. Like a terrible Saturday. That's, that's the South Side, man. 
but but it's interesting because like as you're playing through and when you get into those moments in the game so typically you see send you off from behind and you're sort of running through the environment but in those moments when you're in your head the camera spins around and it's close up on her face and Mm -hmm. you can tell sometimes it's in the moment because she has her face paint on and then sometimes you can tell you're just in her head because her face paint is gone and her clothes are different and it's just like it it sort of sucks you in not only to make you feel emotionally about that character and sort of connect with where she is on an emotional level but you can see sort of the state of panic that she's and panic is good that, that she's she is. she's always in that sort of alerted state because she doesn't know what's real and what's not so okay um what i do for a living and i've i've known quite a few people in my life with significant mental health barriers uh some uh with uh, multiple personality disorders some with just full-on psychosis uh, what I do for a living allows me to engage with a lot of people who suffer from varying levels of psychosis or, or disorders. Um, and it's interesting. You learn, I learned in school, and they taught about it until you really start seeing it, and this game captures it perfectly. You, The point you just made, a, a certain state of alert. She's always on alert. When people are suffering from this, they're never relaxed. It's right. always fight it's not it's always fight or flight it's constant it's they don't know how and and that adds that stress adds to their their anxiety adds to the psychosis adds to the fear adds to the anger and the actress again does a phenomenal job recreating that constant it's like a cat when the cat like freaks out for no apparent reason Mm -hmm. that's the state she's in all the time the whole game and that's the state these people oftentimes are in all the time and it's 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 heartbreaking to know that people experience that 24 hours a day and they, and to them, that's their reality. Like that's where they exist. Yeah. And what's crazy about it is, you know, today with all the modern medicine that we have, like they know they have psychosis, but they're still like, that's still their mindset. That's still their mind frame. In Senua's case, Mm -hmm. she believes that she's cursed. Yes. So good. Because she was forced to believe that as a child. Uh, and so she feels like everything that bad that happens in the world is her fault mm-hmm. because she has this darkness inside her that no one can explain. Uh, and it's so tragic. Yes. And we'll get into her backstory yes, yes. that unfolds throughout the game here shortly. And what do but... you guys think of the game graphically? <clears throat> um, it's it's beautiful. Isn't it? It's, yeah, it's um, visually stunning. It's a visually stunning game. Um, I was floored by how good it looked when i when especially when i first started playing it um i thought like the 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 stuff that i had watched the things that i saw in previews and everything that that was just oh that we're gonna we're gonna mock this up a little bit just to get you interested and then yeah. when you get there's gonna be a loss in the, yeah you in think the those are just couplet yeah, or cut, cut scene graphics, cut scene graphics yeah. and things like that but no I, I i i've not seen very many video games if maybe any that you know were this beautiful look at mm. it's atmospheric it is very atmospheric yeah yes. yeah the, the game's just it's it's stunning I, I can't i cannot praise the developers enough can, for the work they did can i can i use the word here jones you can use whatever word you want fuck no okay. um i just wanted to say that uh, <laughs> okay ethereal graphically yeah 
There's a... I'll go with that. There's a... I mean, especially when you start kind of playing into the like the mists mm-hmm. and the environmental changes that go on with different stages. There's a lot. There's God, a, there's back, a lot. I wish you played some of the trials, man. I'm God, did, they were so good. I did the best. You, at this point, you should just continue playing. I'm going. Playing. I'm not going to not play. Yeah, you, at this I point, mean, you I'm, have to. Listen, I'm, I'm already fucking invested in this game <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, I, I had a snag in where I am and I can't figure out one of the puzzles. Where, I, I had a curiosity. Where are you at? You said Valraven, right? I'm in Valraven, yeah. Are you so. doing, like, the, like, or what part is, like, the part where you're, is it the, because you have to do, like, the little gates where, like, you look through one, which I love that. The perspective of I, what you see through one yeah, versus the other. Yeah, loved yeah. that. The first, yeah. I realized, I'm like, wait, wait, what? Let me look at that again? Motherfucker. Yeah, I And that up, comes back into play later in the I, game as I mean, well. I picked up on what to do where that was concerned kind of pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, I'm just at a point where I can't figure, I mean, it's, I think it's in the stage where there, there's two of the the puzzles the the crow raven crow mm-hmm. yeah raven yeah. puzzles that i have to kind of put together there's one from each side and i just can't find out how to get to the place to get the perspective to see it mm. um i'm one of the things for me that was so challenging about the game is there's no map to it right there's there's you just wander <laughs> you're just wandering so when you're in and some of these spaces that you're in are pretty are pretty big you know you can find yourself very easily, and I think this kind of plays into a lot of the mental stuff that Senua goes through as well. I mean, you can just find yourself repeating patterns and repeating yep. places, and you know, you really have to kind of take opportunities to step back in the game and be like, okay, I need to like figure out some way to systematically cross section where I am in the space and figure out exactly what haven't I walked to yet, where haven't, where have I, what haven't I seen. Because there's a thing in the game that, that you have to do really early on, everybody, which I've never experienced this in any game that I've ever played. It's the 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 focus yeah. um, feature, mm-hmm. uh, which I think which is, it's so unique but also plays so well into what, what Senua goes through, is that focusing is an ability for her, right? Yeah. And for somebody who goes through that... Um, that's got to be so difficult because, you know, when she's focusing, she's, you know, calm. She's quieting the things in her mind and it, it, it plays out really powerfully. In, in yeah. That and part of it, too, is an extra layer of challenge, because when you're in like those combat situations, especially later on in the game where there's, you know, six guys at once and you can only focus on one of them yeah. at a time when you want to use the focus and you can't. Mm-hmm. It's like this extra state of like frenzy yeah because you're like oh shit i just need to keep backing away as far as i can and oh wait i can't actually leave the area mm-hmm. like yeah i'm i'm in it so i just have to muscle through well and the thing about that too because again you know no map the way that the perspective of the game is the was that th- third person it's third person it's th- and the then when you focus it's first person yeah, yeah. but <clears throat> like because you can't quite always grasp your space the voices are telling you they're behind you. Don't get don't get surrounded. Yeah. You know, like, and and that plays into your paranoia playing the game. <laughs> yeah. Because again, when you first start playing this thing and the first time you have combat, the fucking game tells you this is your rot. If it hits your head, you're dead. The game starts over and you lose all progress. So then it, it, it just plays. And again, it's a smart way of playing into your normal anxieties of playing a video game like this. And it just makes it heightened. Hard agree. Yeah. It's like yeah. the NES days where there was no save. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's it. Up, up, down, down. Yeah, one right, chance. Right. That's Get it. 30 lives, yeah. man, and, and just pray to God. Yeah, I think 
I don't know if there's the game doesn't have any weaknesses, uh, and I I will say this it's, I, the same thing I said about Bioshock Infinite. The the thing that I I I I'm not happy about with the game is that I can't experience it the first time again, like that that first playthrough. And I'm so jealous that you guys had that experience. I'm like man, I like I played it again, but like eh, I, mean, I already knew what I was gonna do. Yeah, you know, it still felt good. It's still I remember like ah, I remember how much I missed this this experience because I'm like I kind of was like excited to play it. And I'm like, oh, that was my idea. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then I said, I'm like, oh, do I really want to play this again? Like, I, I, I already know what happens. Know what's happen. yeah. So then, like, but, but, like, within three or four minutes of the game starting, I'm like, I'm in. Let's do this shit. I already, I already know what's going to happen. It doesn't even matter. See, I, I don't know that I had that experience, but the more I played it, the more it just pulled me in. Yes. Um, I really like the puzzle aspect of the game. Um, it, it, it gives it a, you know, a, a nice challenge. The game, really, in, in terms of the overall gameplay, everybody, this isn't, you know, a, a kind of game where, you know, there's a lot of shit always happening around you constantly. There's a lot of downtime. Yes. In in between the, the melee points and, and the action points that kind of happen in the game. And it gives it a nice, you know, a, a different rhythm to, to how you play. And, uh, you know, those downtimes really make the you know the action pieces i think that much more um important when you play yeah and i think i think you feel and experience it more i'm gonna uh, do something different here mac i had to interrupt you right, but i feel ahead. like it's a moment yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do something i've never done right here right now in front of jeff in front of you in front of god and everybody i'm gonna piggyback off of you oh shit oh. i didn't even know you did that i don't <laughs> shit. i'm never doing it again. You've never have oh my god. you swore on this show episodes ago that you would never piggyback i feel like somebody has to piggyback and it'll have to just be me this oh time god. i'm never again i'm never doing it again just um, don't piggyback bareback <laughs> to piggyback off i thought that's where he was going with this i <laughs> thought i thought the pants were coming off or something and i was like well shit to to and i feel dirty even saying to piggyback off of what you just said i didn't want to lose the moment now you're good man. um you said like you know the there's a lot of moments of downtime you know and jeff can attest to this there's like an actual like almost a third of the game where there's just no fighting mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. No, I mean, like, later in the game. Like, you get to a point where you don't have your sword anymore. You can't fight. And you just can't fight. Yeah. And there's just the trials, which are... What was your favorite trial? Because I have a favorite. My favorite was the darkness, even though it was the hardest. That was motherfucker. Yeah. It was so good. Because she's basically just walking around with her hand out. And you can only see, like, ten feet in front of you because there's no natural light. It's just everything's dark. And there's these creatures that just <laughs> are like out of nowhere jewels with legs yeah. and arms th- yeah. like throbbing and they're like around. by the and then anytime they see you like you start glowing red and then they will maul you if you get too close so uh, it's fucking intense so but when you so the whole reason you don't have a your sword anymore it gets shot because you you go to, to to bat uh and i think it's hella shatters your your sword yes. that shit don't go well you know people playing this game um if you're a fan of the thor franchise this is not kate blanchett it is not Kate Blanchett, but you know I, I give Marvel a lot of credit. You do get to see nipples, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah, that's for you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Noah's a big fan of nipples. Mm. In case you guys didn't know, well, you guys know. I know. Yeah, yep. you know. You seen you, you've seen it. Uh, but dear sweet listeners, Noah Brown, nipples—they go. They're they're peas and carrots, right? Um, 
I lost my track of thought because I got I see that by nose nipples. Which, <laughs> Thor, which you were talking like, about Thor. I was talking about Thor. Yeah, yes. but I was gonna real quick. But you know, me being distracted by Noah's nipples when he's not here, I feel like Noah's when he listens to this, but like I'm winning. Yeah, you know. Um, but you know, credit to Marvel and and Stan Lee and the Infinite. We're just gonna go ahead and and take all of Norse mythology and put it into comics. Like, when I get Jeopardy questions that have to do with, like, Norse mythology, I feel like I know them all because <laughs> I've watched the Thor movies enough. But my point to that is, is that, you know, you they, you know, there are points in the game where you focus on these runes that are just scattered throughout the different levels. The totems. The yeah. totems. And the totems give you story, you know, yeah. into, into Norse mythology and to the character and what they're going through and all this other stuff, right? Um... And, you know, if you're a fan of the Marvel movies and you watch them enough, you know, you hear a lot of things that you you know. You hear um, the Nine Realms. You know, you hear about the Frost Giants. You hear about Surtur. You hear about Hela. You hear about Loki. Helheim, Ragnarok. Helheim, Ragnarok, all, all that stuff. So it's kind of neat that, you know, in, in a prism of Marvel where things are, you know, very poppy. Yeah. Um you're still getting information that is unbelievably consistent with Norse mythology. You're kind of getting a crash course you don't even realize. Hard agree. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, so when you go to the totems and they start giving you this history, uh, there's a, a Northman called Druth. Who speaks his truth. Druth speaking his truth. Uh, who's also one of the voices in Senua's head. And so he's sort of narrating this whole thing. And uh, there's... The last achievement in the game is if you get all of these totems, I think there's 40-something of them mm-hmm. throughout the game, uh, then he uh, materializes himself in front of Senua before her final battle with Hela. Uh, Herb and I have not got to that point. I, although I yet. watched the YouTube video yeah, on it. Yeah, I've... Uh, I've I found them I found all of them but one so far. There's one in in Surtur's level that I haven't found, and it's bothering me because I know that. Of course, they don't tell you why you need to do this. Like all you you basically have to kind of put it together yeah. in your mind that there's some importance of just tracking down these totems and 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 listening to the to the stories that are kind of coming from them. Um, and I know that there's one in Surtur's level. I think it's the last one. And I just don't know where it is, and it's just bothering me because I know I'm going to need it somewhere. Yeah. So there's there's two there's basically two major storylines that are coming from the voices, whether they be from Druth or the Darkness or or the Furies. So one is the whole mythology, like sort of soup to nuts. Like here's the entire like history of that. Yeah. The other is the unraveling of Senua's backstory, which is super tragic. It is very uh, sad. As you go through later points in the game, uh, you learn of her abuse from her father, uh, both physically and emotionally. Well, no, no. Basically. Let's, let's split this up, right? So there's what she thinks is the reality versus what actually happened, right? Yes. So I'll start with what she thinks is reality, right? So in Senua's perspective, uh, this very altered reality she exists in is that when she was a little girl, her mother heard voices too. It was a special ability. It was like a gift, but it became, but it was more of a darkness according to her father. Her father was a druid named, I can't remember that. I can't remember name. his name. Yeah. Not that it matters. He's a piece of shit. Um, and Zybel. I think it's Zybel. I want Zinbel or Zybel. Something like that. It was a Z and a Y, but either way. Uh, 
Senua believed. Zinbel. Zinbel. That was close. Yeah, there we go. Z Z Y N B E L. Yeah. So Senua believes that her mother committed suicide, threw herself into the ocean. Correct. Because uh, of her forsaking the gods, and her father reinforces this notion that the darkness that was in her mother was nothing but evil. That obviously these primitive people did not understand mental health issues. And Senua is isolated. And she is treated as if she's an outcast by her own father. She suffers from uh, physical and mental, emotional abuse. Who knows? Maybe even more. Who knows? Uh, until she meets a young man named Dillian. She sneaks out of her house, her hut, whatever, and sees him. He's in, in town in her tribe uh, because of the warrior trials. And she starts watching him. He's like, you know, uh, practicing with a sword. And she's like just in awe of his abilities. And so she starts emulating him. And it is implied uh, that due to her, the way her mind works, she was able to really, like, copy him and, like, really make it her own. And, and when he finally sees her, like, doing all these flourishes, and he's like, you're so good at this. Yeah, How? And she goes, be like, because I've watched you for however long. And they become fast friends. And he becomes, like, her lifeline. He becomes the one human being on the planet who doesn't treat her like uh, a freak, doesn't treat her like she's evil. He becomes her hope, the only hope she has, and that's really important to the story. The one human being. Can you imagine having just one person? Only one. Yeah, the only one that shows you. compassion and believes. One out of a sea of say, yeah. hundreds and thousands of people who look at you like, you know, there's something wrong with you, but one person. And so she becomes, they become friends. He says, hey, you should come with me to my tribe, come with me to my village. And she decides to leave. Her father forsakes her because he's a piece of shit, as we know. And he says, the darkness is the, the darkness that has consumed you and that consumed your mother, it is a curse. And you will ruin everything you've ever touched. You will ruin every, everywhere you go. You, it, only death will follow you because you've forsaken the gods. Only I can help you. And she's like, nah, man, I'm leaving. I'm peacing out. I, he, Dillian believes in me. He likes me. He accepts me for who I am. And for a time, this is accurate. Uh, so because... When these people uh, who suffer from uh, psychosis, uh, they see what they want to see. They hear what they want to hear. You could tell them, no, it's not your fault. They don't hear that. Yep. They hear, it's my fault. You're just saying that. But it really is my fault. So some time passes, and uh, some Northmen come. They kill a bunch of people. They raid a, a camp up, upstream, upriver, and the dead bodies pollute the water. That pollution of the water affects the tribe that Senua, Dillian, and his family and his people are in. People start getting sick and dying. Senua is convinced it's because of her. It's yeah. the curse. The it, curse caused her to cause the plague yes. that killed everyone. Well, and the people think that too. Well, I, I, of course, they. everybody thinks that. Or, does, or do they? Or is she telling herself that, right? So from her perspective, she's the cause of this curse. People are only dying because of her. So Dillian's father dies. He, she's, again, convinced it's because of her. It's because of the poison water from the dead bodies. So she leaves. She's like, I need to go off. I need to like find myself. I need to face the darkness. Yeah. I need to do all this stuff. So she goes off into the wilderness, and she meets Druth, who is my favorite character of the whole game. Uh, he's just a fascinating person. Uh, Druth uh, is this horribly injured uh, former scholar turned slave by the Northmen, who are apparently are just horrible, horrible people in this game. Yeah, they don't make them out to be the, great. The Northmen are terrible. <laughs> terrible human beings all perspective yeah it's all perspective so druth is he kind of like entrances uh senua with these stories because he 
has he lost his mind. He was tortured. He was brutalized. He was brutalized. He was brutalized by the Northmen for many years, and he understands Senua in a sense, and he gives her a direction. He gives her stories of of, of hell, of 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 the gods, and everything else, and it gives Senua like a foundation. And when she decides to return back to her town, to Dillian's hometown, that's when she finds that everything has been destroyed, erased, and, and Dillian's dead. So this is her perspective. Everything is her fault. It's all because of her, but that's not the case at all. You know, it's all happenstance. It's all it's all perspective. Um, and in reality, you know, the big the big question I have is everything that you do in this game doesn't doesn't it doesn't happen. None of it's happening. None of it really happens, right? You're fighting these creatures. You're fighting your demons. I love that, right? These creatures that are like ten times your size, stronger than you, faster yeah. than you. But she's brutal. She's fighting them back one by one. But none of it really happens, you know. She gets to the beginning of the game. You get to the bridge, uh, the 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 river of knives, or was it the river of knives? Yeah. yeah. And that's where it really starts. That's where like everything starts for you, and at the end. That's where you are. You're literally exactly there, but you're at the top. I don't want to get too far. Jeff, in your perspective, having played from A to Z, yep. where were you on the story? So it's it's hard to wrap your head around because it's like, okay, what's her perspective versus reality? And, you know, as you learn that her father actually burned her mother alive. Yep. Uh, because... He assumed she was cursed and the only way to appease the gods was to do so. Uh, and that Senua was cur also cursed and evil and that's why she was shunned and exiled or whatever. Uh, but as it starts to unravel, it's like you can understand, you can sort of empathize with her on in a lot of different ways because you're like, okay, what's reality versus what's not versus how she sees it but how she feels because according to her everything is my fault no matter what um and so her only source of light and guidance is dillian so she's so convinced that the only way to save myself and in turn save everyone is to resurrect his soul by carrying his skull around in a satchel so on my on my belt uh and go marching into Helheim by myself and kill the goddess of death. Which is no uh, slight undertaking. Doesn't do but does. There has to be a smell to that head. Oh, there's no way there's not. <laughs> like, there has to be, right? It's, it's a decapitated head. I mean, is. I mean, what are they, I mean, what is she putting, like, like mud and grass in there to kind of, like... I feel like she didn't do anything. I think she just put it in the burlap sack yeah. and just hooked it yeah, on her belt. She just pulled it out of the pile of ash. And just shoved it in there and it's like pile of let's ash. Go. Yeah. Oof. And uh if you uh get all those those <laughs> How's rooms, that for a visual? Yeah. I'm no, because I'm I'm like I'm I'm like envisioning under the burlap sack what that like looks like. You know, it's like an like when you leave a hot dog on the grill too long, is that what we're talking about? I mean I, I never saw it. But no, I assume... No, but I'm saying in, in your mind, like how do you picture that? I just didn't yeah, everything I burned off. I imagine it was just a skull. Yeah. That's kinda how I hoped it looked. I didn't Because wanna... there's there's some like there's some like blood markings and stuff on the burlap sack, so like what I don't... is there? We listen, the beauty of the game is you don't know what actually happens. God. Nothing nothing actually happens in this game. Yeah. The only to... thing that happens is the self harm. 
That's yeah. the only... And that... at, at the very end, like, you, there's so many things that are left to interpretation that nobody really fucking knows what happened in the game. Like, so... Okay, so you get to... I got a question for you, Jeff. Yes. All right, so my first playthrough, I felt like an idiot because you get to the end and you're yeah. you're fucking fighting, man. Like, the music is so good and there's waves of enemy and there's hella in the background. And then, yeah. like, you're in this weird... You're in Helheim and it's like this crazy upside-down world and there's, like, particles everywhere and there's wind blowing, this yeah. awesome Celtic music playing and, like, send you... I mean, you are beaten. You are, you are just bloodied. You are bruised. You are battling... And at this point in the game, you are so invested in this, you will get Dillian's head to hell yeah. and you are going to do this. And there's just waves of enemies coming at you. And then you beat them all. And then you move forward. And there's waves again. And, like, you're getting close to dying over and over again. Like, no, I get it. Tap the button. You get up yeah. and march forward. Then and you it's get... all the bosses. Yes. Or, like, the, the silhouette and shadows of all the bosses that you face throughout the entire yeah. game are, like, morphing into one another and... You're fighting through, and what's really cool about that final battle is, uh, at this point, she is so focused on the end goal that she is just full on rage mode, mm-hmm. and so every heavy blow that she makes with that sword, the new sword that she gets, is like it's like critical blows. It's awesome, but there's so much going on, like it's super chaotic. The fucking song that they play. I swear uh, to God, I got to see so it, it up. you up. Uh, it's called Just Like Sleep by the Passerella Death Squad oh. is the name of the, the band that made that particular song. And it's it's interesting because there's very little music throughout the entire game. Very right. And then moments. when you get into the first part of that battle where you're just basically fighting all the the regular enemies that you fought throughout the entire game, the music starts to kick in. And then the drum beat kicks in and then the chanting kicks in and it like start, it amplifies. And as it's amplifying, like you're getting amped. I'm get, yeah, you're and getting she's getting up. angry and she's getting stronger and stronger. And you're getting angry. And you're just like fucking plowing through all of it. Like that, that whole end sequence uh, from the time you go through Hella's gate uh, and through the portal into there, like it's fucking intense, but it's awesome. And the best, uh, before we get to like the, my, my question, I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, before you even get to that point, like when you go through the little portals, the the Furies are realizing, like, wait, what if she dies? Wait, what if she dies? Wait, I don't want to die. Wait, does that mean die. we die? Do we oh, die? shit. And yeah. then, so you know, I was like, if I die, I die. Yeah, I'm gonna we're all, die. We're all going we're all gonna together. Die. Yeah, I've and, accepted death. And then she goes to the portal, she leaves the Furies behind. And like, but you see, it's her. It's so wild. Like, and they're just like, no, don't go. And she, and she goes right in to death. And it, I, because I remember the first time I played the game, I don't know if you guys thought this, like, okay, these are these voices in her head, and, like, they're, like, mocking her, and sometimes they support her, sometimes they help, but they're mostly just mocking you and treating you like you don't really matter. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I remember the first time going, but if I die, they die. They don't seem very worried about it until you get to the until end. Until they realize it. Real. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a They start questioning their own mortality. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it was so creative. But, so my question to you. How long did it take you before you realized what you had to do? Or did it just happen? You're like, well, fuck, I died. Uh, it was probably when you get to the third part of that last piece where it's like, Jesus Christ, like, how long, <laughs> like, is, this, how how long this? is this fucking battle? And then you're like, oh, wait, I have to die. Like, that's the whole point of the game. Yeah. You can't win. Yeah. yeah. So- you can fight as long as you want. But as soon as you stop fighting, like, that's when you actually win. 
Yeah, I'm not sure how long I played until I, like, went, let me just try to die. Let me see what happens here. And I went, motherfucker, I just sat here for I don't know how long. <laughs> that's an interesting... Stressed out. <laughs> that's, that's such an interesting um, point because it's so against everything that you go through yeah. in video games. It's the exact opposite. Exact opposite, you're yeah. right. And it's, as soon as you die, it's fade to black slowly, and then right back to reality and you're alive. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so that, so then... It's deep. Yeah. So she dies, but she doesn't die. But Hela's still there. And she's still got Dillian's head. And she's like, listen, you're gonna fucking help me, blah, blah, blah. And Hela's not saying a word. And, you know, and... and but now it's the perspective of Hela looking down at Senua. Yeah. Right? Because the deal is, in order for you to save Dillian, I'm going to sacrifice yeah. myself. She makes a deal. And you can use the spirit of me to help fight alongside you in Ragnarok. And uh, so Hela doesn't say a word. Picks with sword. Shoves her right through. And it was so fucking sad. So Senya was laying there. And she's so beautiful though at the same time. Such a cool scene. She's laying there dying on the floor of this massive area. And on the, on the other side it's is a Dillian. A reflection of Dillian. Kind of like mimicking her movement. He's just having this soft, warm conversation with her. And um, and he, about, I think he's accepting a, the idea of death. I think yep. it's a conversation, and it's like, this obviously a conversation they had before, and she's remembering it, and she fades off, and Hella, I think Hella takes the head, and throws it throws off it this off bridge because now it's yeah. become, the beginning of the game again. Yeah, there's no crazy dark cloud. You're back on that bridge area where the the the, the, the sword, the river of swords are, but you're at the top. Of, you're on the actual bridge now, and she throws it off, and then you you kind of turn and realize that it it becomes Senua. Hella was Senua. You were Hella the entire time. Every little aspect of this game was just another ver- aspect of her personality, of her of her fear, of her hate, of her self self hate, of her regret, of her pain, and. It was so it's so it was so moving because like you I, I again it's hard to go back to the first time i played it to remember my feelings when i realized that i was hella the whole fucking time but like having played it through a couple times now you just sit and he's like i know it's coming but it still like hits me every time like you it was you it was always you it was always me the whole time everything all yeah and the, the visual of that last shot before she walks off is so hella standing over Senua's dead body, and as the camera spins around, they trade spaces. Yeah, so there's now Hella's Hela dead body. Hella's dead on the ground. Where Senua was supposedly yeah. killed. It's like, what the fuck? Right? But then, uh, the voices come back. The, the, the Furies come back. And, they, and, and, but, and, and they're like, oh, the darkness has come. It's creeping up, but it's different. It feels different. And, and it was so cool. Senua turns to the camera and was like, I think she says, I have another story to tell. You know, come with me. And then she just wanders off. And then that the narrator was like, you should probably follow her. Like, it, it, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for the sequel. Well, before this day is over, I'm gonna, you guys are going to watch it. It's good. Oh, man, I can't wait for this game. Whenever that yeah, one comes it, out. It, they announced it was in development in like... Years ago. 2019 or 2020. They're working on it, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hell of an experience. Uh, so... Ultimately, oh, oh, uh, the thing about uh, if you get all those rune stones on the totems and you get this whole story, Druth indicates that a man in black had tipped off uh, potentially Dillian's village. So Johnny Cash. No. 
I feel people kind of assume that it, it was it was Senua's father. Is it Will Smith? No. It's not Tommy Lee Jones either. That was my next. It one. was not Chris Hemsworth. It never was. Wasn't it? I don't give that movie as much guff as everybody else does. I've never seen it. Should. Never seen it. No mm. interest in it. But um, but it would make sense because uh, Senua's father was bitter, angry, crazy old man, hateful. And it would make sense that in order to punish his daughter, that he would send the Northmen up there for free passage. Safe passage, by the way. Yeah. Um, ultimately, the, the game itself, the story is fantastic. The exposition, their ability to, to... All the exposition is either through Senua, the darkness, which is her father's voice, which is it's deep if you think about that. Because, I mean, really, what does your voice sound like? Your inner voice. Not like the darkness. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but, like, really, what, what, do you, what do you hear in your mind? What do you hear? Do you hear your own voice? You're a version of your voice? You're somebody else's voice? Oddly enough, Richard Simmons. Are you being serious? No. Okay, good. I mean, you could have been. I've been fine with that. <laughs> That's a good question. Just a lot of sweat into the oldies, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Explains a lot. Yeah. Well, anyhow. Explains something. That's why you're all sweaty. That's why I'm always sweating. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. But there's like people who like that. They like you know they they say like I hear my mother's voice in my head like oh my saying God. these awful things or like who some person some negative human being doing these bad things. And I remember there's a part in the game where you realize because the whole time like okay you're starting to put together that this is all in, a lot of this is probably in her head. You know they mm-hmm. say it's about mental health blah blah blah. But the darkness voice for a while is just this otherworldly voice just chastising her and there's a scene where she's holding the fucking mirror and it's her talking and his voice is coming out of her and that was so un- disconcerting to me because that's the scene where she hurts yeah, it's herself pr- it's pretty jarring it's fucking yeah like, so after she, the she the sword after her shattered. sword is broken yeah. by hella she contemplates killing herself yes. in was, that in was, that was in that moment before she goes into odin's trials to get the new sword uh, so there's this moment where she's like, you know what, this is it. I'm just going to off myself. And then she's like, you know what, I'm going to carry on. But I'm also going to harm myself so that I never forget. So she takes the broken piece of the sword and cuts her face like straight down the side. And there's just blood. And you see that for the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, as like this constant reminder of like that part of her, that she thought was lost but there's still that glimmer of hope and it's it's deep it's way deeper than you'd expect well they and 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 they do say at the beginning of the game there's a massive disclaimer about the the gameplay itself that you know they they went to great ends with professionals that deal in this mm-hmm to make this as accurate as possible the mental health aspect of it as well as the historical norse mythology you know mythology aspect to it um and this game is not for the faint of heart you know there there are people that you know if they're in your life while you're playing this game that might have you know not saying they're experiencing psychosis but have experienced any kind of aspects to this you know it can it can probably would trigger them possibly you know for sure and they kind of let you know that you know before you get into this there's gonna be some very real thing there's a lot of really heavy shit you're gonna experience and you need to be aware of that 
you know, it's like when you go to a concert and they're like, oh, you know, just in case you know, we're going to be using a lot of strobe lights. So if you have, you know, an issue with epilepsy where that can trigger it, be aware that this, you know, you got to do what yeah. you got to do so yeah. it doesn't happen. It's the same thing with this. If you, if you're dealing with levels of this, there's going to be some parts of this game that you're going to, you're going to feel uncomfortable with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, a big part of gaming in general is like, it's a form of escapism, right? So we use it to sort of turn our brains off from reality. And there's a lot of games where you can just pick them up and play for hours. And like, it doesn't make you think or feel you're just like playing because it's a way to, you know, be stimulated, but kill time at the same time. A game like this, it really forces you to think and it has those sort of emotional triggers like that hit you in different ways throughout the game uh, and really makes you feel. Mm. And so it, it really has this sort of emotional connection that I think a lot of gaming lacks Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, everything's so over-commercialized. Yeah. The game isn't real. It doesn't actually exist. But, you know, when we were mentioning before about the last fight, you're, I was so invested in helping this character get this done that like i can just would not give up and even though yeah. you're supposed to lose at the end i just kept pushing forward like no there's got to be a way to, i gotta get to her i gotta get yeah. to Ella. but because the storytelling was so well done and the acting was so damn well done like holy shit like the, the, she did such a good job of making you feel a certain way not because like oh you know the protagonist in the game like oh yeah we're gonna i gotta beat the game this girl it's like you have to you have to avenge this poor girl like you feel like you have to look out for her because she's in the yeah. world by herself yeah somebody's got to yeah yeah your your own you know maternal or paternal instincts kick in they as, do a little with this, bit it's with weird. this character because you feel you feel an ownership of their well-being 100 you know, that that, well that aspect of yourself that wants to help people gets really exploited the longer you play the game because you realize that this character needs something you're helping them progress to get to that thing and because this is a very real issue that people can face it attaches to you that way um that as you go through the game you 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 want to make sure she succeeds mm-hmm. that is very eloquently said for someone who c- did not get very far into the game <laughs> hey you I, know what? he's listening I, to us talk for you were bullshitting your I've, way through it very I've, well and i respect the shit out of you i for appreciate that. that i mean look i've 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 obviously yeah dear dear sweet listeners as as sometimes can happen i my my video game time is usually the last time of my day that i have and you know, sometimes that gets taken up by other responsibilities, as you know, as it does for everybody in the world. Um, but I did play. Uh, I've I've invested a a good amount of hours into the You're game. You're in it. You're invested. I'm, I'm in it. I'm yeah. in it. Yeah. Um. You know, I, enough to at least get the idea of of where these things are kind of going. So what what was your favorite level so far? Um, Surter. Um, just because how the environment burns. You know, as soon as you activate the rune you know, in different areas of the level, and then all of a sudden you flash and everything's on fire. You hear people screaming. That that particular puzzle was super frustrating for me. Mm. Like running back from the fire before you could get to the door and focus on it enough that it yeah. would burn. I died so many times and I was like, this rot is going to get me. Well, and I'm, I'm going to have to start over. I don't want to start over. And see, that's where I started to kind of notice something about the rot was not quite adding up yeah 
because they don't even reference it the rest of the game i mean when you die and when you come back and when you start up it shows like how far it's progressed but yeah it's never referenced again like as i as i kept dying because i I had the same situation i eventually got to the point where i just stopped and i said listen i'm going to just practice trying to because they say in this particular in that one part of it where they're like the 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 furies are saying in your head um you have to know the way back like which way do you go you're going the wrong way just you know? fucking just they just challenging you yeah and as soon as that. you like go right at the tree where you're supposed to yeah. be left like you're dead yeah and it took me a while to realize that because i thought oh do i only have 30 seconds and then i realized no as soon as i start going the wrong way they're gonna you know because she starts immediately because the whole thing becomes engulfed in flames mm-hmm. and she immediately starts coughing over the smoke like you would right yeah you know, it's not like you're playing uh, the Ninja Turtles arcade game and the skyscrapers on fire, and you're just kind of like going through slaughtering soldiers casually, <laughs> without even without even like you know a simple cough. But you know that is turtle power. Um, but no, like the the actual physics of you know what you would experience in in a world engulfed in flames like that, you would choke on smoke, and she does so many and so many times you you die. Um, but that was challenging because here's the other thing too right so like the very first time that i did that i'm like oh you know there's is so the 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 world is open when you play the game a lot of these levels are open you can explore you can kind of wander around everything open-ish that's my point open-ish right so there are points and you'll see like wooden fences and things around that just prevent you from going certain places rock formations if unless you're can actually activate the action of climbing or, or dropping down or something you can't that was frustrating to me playing the game uh, playing the game um i didn't like that my character was mostly grounded like I yeah didn't like there's that I there, draw- there has been some like playthrough criticism about the gameplay mechanics because it's like you can't do a whole lot and then when you're thrown into battle you're thrown into battle but you still can't do a whole lot right, right. there's five buttons you can use yeah um and you can't get out of that right uh but i mean that's mild compared yeah. to issues we've seen right. with other games well, of course, uh, sure. a lot of great things make up for yeah the lack of gameplay mechanics but but my point to that is so when you get into Surter's level and then everything becomes engulfed in flames uh i'm like oh well the flames are just going to be boundary restrictions as well no, if you cross into the flames, you fucking burn. And you, light, you, you, you light, will. You, you, are on, you light yeah. yourself. You go and learn today. You light yourself on fire. Um, and I'm like, well, that's very sh- real. Oh well, shit! It's like, well, shit, right? Um, so I really, I really enjoyed that part of it. And you know, like I said, it took me a little while to realize that. Oh, I need to like practice a little bit to make sure I know which way I'm going. No, go left, don't go right. Um, but also, like when you get to Surter, like right before, you have to run through flames and basically you have to burn yourself and then you kind of like come out of it and then yeah as soon as you get through the wall of flame and it's like there was no fire there actually yeah at all. <laughs> exactly that's amazing right it's all but like you head. but you also see senua is like completely burned like going back to that that wonderful visual that i provided our dear sweet listeners um a hot dog that's been left on the grill for far too long it's um, like Anna, anakin in episode three yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm. so um yeah she's she's you know extra crispy at yeah. that point um but then all of a sudden it's, it's nothing right but yeah i've i've really enjoyed i like that level um because i know i've again going back to marvels i've always loved surter i've always thought that's really a cool character 
I like how they portrayed him in the movie. And then kind of come back to this and seeing another representation of that, but probably something more grounded and everything. I just thought it was really, really cool. So I know that we will, you know, we're probably going to wrap up this episode a little bit here, but there's a couple things I just want to do some quick shout outs on because, man. I... Well, real quick before you do that, hold that thought if you don't it's mind. It's held. My favorite level. What about yours? Mine was the Sea of Corpses. Because of the way that it looks, the way that it feels, and you know, all the hands of all the dead are coming out of the walls. Is and that then, the one where it's just body parts everywhere? Yes. And then it's extremely jarring because in the face of the mountain amongst all these dead spirits and demons is Senua's mother. And she's just screaming out for help and crying for help. And it's so jarring, but at the same time, it's like, it's so visually impactful uh, for as fucked up as it is. Uh, that was my favorite level, just from a, a visual standpoint. The I think the the bosses were very well done uh, throughout the entire game. Although, and I don't know if you experienced this, Jones, on your couple of playthroughs, but it seemed like it was harder to fight hordes of regular enemies than it was to actually fight the bosses, with the exception of... Uh, what was the name of the the creature that was in in the tower? That, <laughs> that was the hardest one. So, okay. First of all, before I go and answer that question, I have a question for you that I wanted to pose. Yeah. It's one of the questions I was going to pose anyhow. Yeah. The sea of corpses. What, what do you think it smells like? Because not great. Inverted butt. That's what I think. Just inverted asshole. Like a bushy ass, bushy inverted asshole. Do you know what it doesn't smell like? A tuft of ass. Yeah, that's in the direction I'm going in. It's not going to smell like the Michigan, the state of Michigan. Like, this is what it kind of looks like. Yeah. Like, just body parts. And just yeah, I can't imagine. It, yeah. And, and there's parts of the games, I mean, when you do the swamp trial, yeah, and everything that, is rotting. The swamp trial the, is also what I call every time I go plague. outside in the summertime. Oh. Yeah fat kid problems um uh but like there's there's certain there's certain parts of the game like that those two levels in particular it's like man that's gotta smell it's gotta smell fucking terrible everything's just maybe it doesn't maybe it just smells Uh, like kool-aid but uh so what you you were asking about like yeah i would say that um with the exception of the beast because that was a bit of a fight that was quite a fight actually he was way easier in the final battle like his shadow form yeah well, cause, yeah, I guess because he probably needed to be. Uh, but actually, to to that point with that particular creature, uh, uh, my favorite level uh, for sure is actually the um, the uh, the Blind Cave Trial. That's my favorite level. Um, but my favorite moment, because it, it, it this game plays on primitive fears, too, a little bit. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a... Okay, when you're a little kid, right? And Jeff, you played this level, so you'll appreciate this. And I think, Mac, you might appreciate this when you're a little kid. And I think most kids have this weird, weird-ass fear of walking up your basement steps. And the lights are off. And you're just sprinting up those motherfuckers. Because you don't know what's don't behind you. No, know and what's there. You feel... As soon as you turn the lights off, you're like, go. Well, you feel yeah. that because the lights hold whatever that is mm-hmm. at bay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But as soon as but you have to turn the light off, you got to so you got to up them steps because you don't know what head start you have. Yep. You don't right? know if it's three steps behind you or six. No. Nope. So one. you have to make sure that you got to pretend like it's one. It's funny how 
most little kids have that fear yeah. because it's basic. Yeah. Right? So there's a point in the game where it plays on that fear. It's the, the beast before you even fight him. Yeah. Like where you when, you're, get... when you're going through Helheim to get to the gate and he's guarding it. So like there's like points where there's like little like pockets of light, like a torch or whatever, and then there's just darkness to get to that light. And then once you're in the darkness, you hear like this growl and like there's like flashes of some yeah. weird craggly thing behind you. But you, It's not really there, but it's in your head. It's there. Yeah. And it's like getting closer. You get to the light and it's gone. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like being a fucking kid again. Yeah. Like running up those basement steps. That is literally that fear. And I it's... had yeah, I had that that sort of moment when you're down in the very bottom of the tower and you have to crawl through the cave and mm-hmm. it keeps getting smaller. And then you get to a point where you're holding your torch like just barely above the water and you're like, the only way to get over there is for me to go under the water. Yep. But if I know if I do that, my torch is going out. And so you dive under the gate you no longer have light and it's just like panic like i need panic. to get i need to get to this <laughs> shimmer of light at the end of this fucking cavern uh or that thing is going to eat me alive and and uh and i'm glad i'm glad you appreciated that the way i appreciated that and and a special shout out to uh the first trial the labyrinth trial not because it was i mean it was fine but because there's something again real basic about the idea of a fucking voice in the in the distance yelling for you yelling for help or yelling to go away that's when you're in the house in the dark and you gotta go this way or that way there's a movie that just came out skinnamarink you guys uh check that out skinnamarink you don't even know what i'm talking about is it the sharon los and bram no uh documentary no the moment this episode's over so this is what we're gonna do the moment this episode's over, I got that right. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch this trailer, and then the next episode, we're gonna talk about this trailer because it is a motherfucker. So we got two trailers already between this episode and the next episode. Skinema Rink is something that is utterly childlike primal fear. I'm not even kidding with you. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm not that, even. I'm being real serious right now. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this in the daylight. Speaking of that, so <laughs> uh, me and the kids and Melissa went to go see uh, Ant Man: Quantumania last yeah. week. And they had a trailer for the Boogeyman. Yeah. And one kid who's 13 was like, all right, that movie looks pretty cool. And my eight-year-old is like, I am never watching that fucking movie. <laughs> like, no, thank you. The eight-year-old's like, I have a bed <laughs> and there's an under to it. <laughs> like, I, I can go under there, which means other things can go I under there. I don't need to fill that space in my mind with, with things that could be under there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, this is just a game. But I think it's an important game, which it's is why I wanted to talk, game. To talk about. Yeah. I'm glad we finally got around okay, to talk it. Talk to me, guys, a little bit here about because I remember this game came out. It didn't really come out with a lot of fanfare. I don't. I don't think it did, from my experience, because this this came out when I was still working at the toy store. So this wasn't one of those games. Now again, audience, obviously, you know, people shopping at uh, Toys R Us aren't necessarily looking for maybe these types of games necessarily, but we had it. We had it for PlayStation. And I remember it being like, well, all right, this is just another one of those type of Dark Souls or Dead... Like, kind of, it felt like, initially, like, it's kind of falling into kind of that, like, mold, but, like, didn't have the marketing behind it, didn't have the the push. So I'm like, well, is this, you know... Because those games can go either way. They can be really fucking fantastic, like this is. Or it could be horrible, and you're like, why did I waste... You know 60 bucks on this so 
talk a little bit about at least you know when this came out you know what was the idea behind you know were people excited for this game was this something that needed to kind of spread by word of mouth you know how how did that kind of go well because uh, you said it was originally a playstation and a pc before correct. it went to the other systems so yeah. i remember when it came out and uh how did you get into it like how did this come across your radar it's on game pass man yeah. best value in gaming yeah but i mean so I mean, there's a lot of stuff on game pass that so, i play right <laughs> but i'm yeah. saying so like what what drew you to this so uh so when i first heard about it um so okay first and foremost to respond to your 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 kind of basic question it didn't have a lot of fanfare it's not the type of game that would no um, i mean technically it was an indie game right so there wasn't a marketing push there weren't commercials there was none of that it no. was it was all sort of organic word of mouth yeah it know? was a lot of word of mouth reddit reddit ex- didn't say exploded on this game but like they're like hey have you played this game and I, you know, you start seeing it on Twitter, you start seeing it on YouTube, and I didn't have access to it, um, but I knew what it was, and I knew like it had something to do with mental health, and I'm like, that's really interesting, but like I'm not gonna play because I don't, I don't have a gaming PC, and it's not gonna, it is what it is. Now, once it got on Game Pass, and it was like, I have access to this now that I, I don't have to pay for it. I, it's the, the, one of the first things I, I got my hands on as soon as I could. Um, but I'd already heard that it was an excellent game. Like you just you know enough gamers, enough people who played it, or who just game enough. Like at least one person you know has played Hellblade and will tell you till they're blue in the face that this game is excellent and everybody should play it one good time. Um, but that's I mean that's how I came across it. I, just, I knew what it was, you know, and I, I just until I was able to get my hands on it, I could not get my hands on it. Yeah, because for me, Jones, like. I knew this game when it came out because I remember the I remember the, just the cover right. Yeah, the, the yeah, box. that's a big part of it because like Doc was like, "You need to play Hellblade," and I was like, "Yeah, I'll play it eventually." And then I didn't. And then yeah. when I started playing it, I texted you guys you right did. away like, yeah. "I should have played this a long time <laughs> yeah. ago." Like it's so good. Uh, but the one thing that you remember is the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just her face. It's yeah. Not much to it. No, it doesn't tell you anything. Simple. But that like was... when, but like for like for me, a title like if it was just called Hellblade. And you're like, well, fuck. This is, let's go, right? But then you got Senua Sacrifice. I don't know what the fuck Senua. I actually remember when I when they first said her name, I was like, ah, oh, in my mind, I was saying that wrong this whole time. I think most people probably yeah. do. Um, it's putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Mm. Um, so from a psychologist standpoint, why would you buy it if it was just called Hellblade? What's the draw there? Um, it probably in my, so honestly, right. I won't bullshit with you. I'll give you an honest answer on this one. Um, <laughs> no, no, as opposed to, no, no, as I'm just saying, to you know, going, making going, it up as go, I go, no, no, like going for, going like a, <laughs> try to go to a funny answer, you know, go back to Richard Simmons or something like that, you know, something like, right. Um, because when I hear Hellblade, I think of like doom, I think of games that, you know, Diablo, I go, you know, um, Dark Souls, you carry a big fucking sword. That could be called a Hellblade. I don't fucking know. I've never played the game, but you get the idea. There are there are elements to when you get Hellblade of where you think that game would go. And if you like those particular games... You like Soul Calibur. It's right. a big-ass sword. It's a big same ass, as a Hellblade. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's not... So right there are four games that I, could, that I could tie Hellblade to that would be like, yeah, you know what? I like those games. Probably going to like that too. But as soon as you go to Senua's Sacrifice, 
you know, to me it comes across, you know, as, oh, should I know who Senua is? Is this a sequel to a game that I never heard of before? Should I go back and try to find that game first before playing this one? Because I won't know. There are just little elements to that, just on the psychological aspect, that would make me think, maybe I should yeah, hold off on you. this. Yeah. Unless I... Because, you know... I get that. Right. So, before... You know, we're in a world now where you can pretty much download any video game that you want. But, you know, when you're going to the store... And, you know, how, how long has Game Pass been going on? It's been a, quite a while now. A couple Hot of years. Minute. Hot minute? A few years. A few years. But, you know, you had to purchase your game. So what am I spending my, my $50, $60 on? You know, right now, if you were going to go buy this game on Amazon or any or GameStop or something, it's 20 bucks now if you want a hard copy. But um, I think if you wanted to download it to own, when I looked at Xbox, I think it's like 20 It's $20 if you have Game Pass. It's uh, If you just want to own it, it's $27 if you just want to download it and own it without Game Pass. So, you know, you're... Today's day and age, you got to really focus where you put your money on, right? Um, so before you have Game Pass and you got to pick and choose your titles, this one to me might be getting moved to the back of the line unless I come across a review or an article or just fucking Herb Jones coming up to you in the hoodie and being like, Mac, just play it and call me later, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, how much do you get of that? To, to play a game right. like this. So that's kind of my, my point is why this, for me, when it came out, great looking cover. But beyond that, I didn't have any draw to be like, I got to fucking own this like I would if it was a game like Dead Space or Portal or No Man's Sky or, or something like that. Yeah, I overlooked it too. I mean, for all these years until now. Uh, and and the game, there's only one other game that really sort of captures the the psychosis piece of it in a similar fashion which is donkey kong country 2 diddy's conquest no i was gonna say donkey konga oh mm. that's yeah with oh, the bongos fuck. that's right i completely forgot about the bongos no i was gonna say another gamecube game eternal darkness which i've talked to noah brown ad nauseum about this game because i fucking love it um where the main character she suffers from something similar but in the display you actually see the level of crazy and it's amplified through the game and as she gets more and more crazy. The game gets more and more fucked up, or her perspective of it does. Yeah. Uh, so I think having known on the, if I would have known on the front end that this sort of approached it from a different angle, but similar, uh, I may have picked it up sooner. But uh, it was a re- recommendation from Doc, and it was a fucking good one. Uh, listen, Shame on us for not playing I, yeah. it sooner. I, I get audience. <laughs> listen, listen. If you are on any level a video gamer, if you like to game do yourself a favor but do it with headphones it is it changes the entire experience okay. I, it is a, to me to me it's one of the best games i've ever played in my life like i i put that on i put this game in like my my top five without question yeah, there's nothing fantastic. i've ever played that just made me feel a certain way like that and i think that's a really good point there are a lot of games that we've played that are that are really really good games oh, they're yeah. fun games you go in co-op you know, and there's a lot of games right now that don't have any of those elements, right? right. Yeah. Um, you know, not something that I've played very much, but, you know, Fortnite, right? It's a whole different experience, right? Um, but, man, this this game has so much meat on that bone for you to chew on yep. in such a unique way that's unlike anything you've really ever played before because they really take the subject matter serious. Very serious. You could... So, going to 
circle back here for just one quick second. You were talking about your experiences, Jones, with individuals with mental health and yeah. whatnot. Um, ten years ago, I did a play, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I got to play uh, Martini, which is the character Danny DeVito plays in the movie. But in the play, it's written very differently and whatnot. And he's a he has psychosis. He's a he's a schizophrenic. He has multiple you know he hears voices. He he has PTSD. He he falls into um, just episodes where he just completely hallucinates. And for when I when I did the play, the character has maybe ten lines in the whole play. And you know as an actor, ten lines isn't exactly what you want. But I was in the whole play. And I remember talking to the director about this. And he goes, listen, you know, remember about the character. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to give you leeway for this. Um, you have ten lines in the play. But you're an entire play unto yourself. Because of how your psychosis for the character is. You can do anything you want to do throughout the entire play. And as long as it doesn't interfere with stuff that's going on with the main storyline... Go nuts. As long as you hate your lines. As long as you hit your lines, as long as you hit your marks, and as long as you don't, you know, take away from big key points. So it's like you can mess with people in the audience. You can, you know, just do whatever. Now, I did, you know, as much as I could at the time, try to delve into what that means for someone who goes through that and put myself into a headspace where I'm suffering from that, the the anxiety, the the physical way that you can feel what that does to you. And I remember, you know, this was a six-week thing, three weeks of rehearsals and three weeks of shows. I remember by week five that I started doing things in my day-to-day life that my character was doing on stage, you know, constantly mm. rocking back and forth and fidgeting and, you know, carrying that energy with me. And I remember after the show was done, like how fucking exhausted I was just trying to be in that headspace. And when you come back and, and kind of play this and, and you, because again of the attention they really give to the mental health aspect of it, you know, I also realized just how fucking far away I was from all of that. Mm. You know, there's certain elements I got right, but there's just so much more that I didn't even like contemplate. Um, but that's what makes this game special. I big time agree on that yeah, one. And definitely. well said. Yeah. Well said. Um, well, I think we have exhausted Hellblade, Senior <laughs> Sacrifice. But, I, you know, I, look, I've been waiting since we started this entire uh, podcast idea. Uh, I've been wanting to talk about this game with people who played it. Uh, I have a couple buddies who played it, and we talk about it a little bit. But I want to do long form, and I finally did it, so I don't have to do another episode ever again. I'm good now. You, you, I've won podcasts as far as I'm punch concerned. Punch your card, and you're leaving. Uh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> check boxes, man. Um, Sometimes you just got to check some boxes. I hope that, uh, Noah, if you're listening to this, I hope you get around to playing. Because he and I talked about it, and he's like, oh, because yeah, I know Noah's not really into like this sort of that vibe, but I feel like he would really appreciate this game for what it is. Uh, and I hope that uh, everybody again. It's like the fourth time I've said this. Play it. Yeah, play it's it. super everybody. accessible. It's available on every platform. It's not a long playthrough. Ten hours or less. All yeah. in. Midnight listener. I feel like I feel like you and I've talked about this. I feel like you haven't played it. Play it. Just do it. Um, do I'm it. gonna. I'm now as um the person who is still playing the game. Um, 
you know, they they did go into this and say, you know, Mac, this this is I think we can I think you can get through this one in, in the time frame that we need to to get able to do the episode. Nine, ten hours. I have been playing the game for not nine or ten hours, but I've been playing the game for more than like two or three. And uh, I am not as far along as you guys say that I should be. Well, so your nine to ten hour playthrough, I'm just going to go ahead and call shenanigans on that. And fuck you guys. Listen. It, it comes with experience. If you play more games, you play through a little faster. <clears throat> you have Game Pass now, so there's that. Just put my hand over the candle here with a little burn. A little burn action there. Oh, my God. I do have it now. Yeah, I'm excited yes, that you have it. Yeah, and I've also, awesome. you know, because in the world of subscription services, right, um... We have a lot of them, you know, back in the day, it was a newspaper or magazine or something like that. And now it's streaming services and all sorts of easy digital content that you don't always think you're paying for. Uh, but I did do some manipulating in the budget to kind of sunset a couple of stri- like subscription services that I have so that after I get through my trial, which is for one dollar right now, it's not going to have any kind of an impact on the budget. So I'm going to keep Game Pass here for a little while. You should 100% keep it. It's, and, if, if, uh, even if you play like two games a year, it's paid for itself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the... Be- I, there are games... And it's going to be a shill for Game Pass, but there are games that I would never have bought. Never would have. Yeah. But like, oh, it's on Game Pass. I'll try it out. Vampire Survivors. Did you play Vampire Survivors yet? I didn't. You we talked about it uh, last week. To it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Game Pass. It, worst case scenario, you don't like it. <laughs> but um, anyhow... Final thoughts. Uh, okay, but I'll go real quick. Uh, Final f- thoughts on Hellblade is one of the most important video games I have ever played, and uh, I challenge anybody to find a game with this particular direction that does it better with more respect and appreciation to the people who this game is kind of focused on, um, with the the storytelling, the exposition, the graphical uh, fidelity sound design like there's very little wrong with it you know you could you could you could complain a few about a few things i argue that the grounded nature of how the character moves is a plus quite literally only grounded yeah i like that though because it's realistic no one in real life jumps all over the place also how frustrating was it when you have to walk across those tiny ass beams the balancing part Mm -hmm. (laughs) i hated that i know man but uh yeah it's it's top five uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Mac? I like what you said about respect. Um, and I think that's the thing that I take away from the game, is that it was made with care and respect. Um, I went to a, um, a science lecture with Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, last week, and it was an astrophysicist goes to the movies part two, the sequel. And the whole point of is how do you prove the science in movies, who got it right, who got it wrong, and everything, right? And one of the things he said, what I thought was really funny, he goes, Star Wars. There's actually no science in Star Wars at all. And I just laughed. That's, that's just really funny. And the reason why I say that is because in a lot of times when you play certain types of games, there is no respect or care or love or science that goes into it. It's creative. It's action. There's, you know, you can feel there's a driver behind why the game's created. This isn't like that. Right. Um, and I think that uh, that respect that they gave to the game is again why we care so much about the character at the end. So Agreed. yeah, I I I'll give you. I'm gonna piggyback off of you here, you Jones. Son of a bitch. Um, Piggybacks but, uh, off of me. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, <laughs> the respect and care they gave to making the game, I think, is the exact reason why you all should play it. 
I'm going to piggyback off of Dave, piggybacking off of her. There's a lot of piggybacking I'm not uh, comfortable on with. On the care and respect side, but I'm also going to add in awareness because a lot of times people don't even think about you know some of the shit that other people are going through. Mm. Uh, and this game brings to light a lot of that um, from a mental health standpoint. Visually stunning. Uh, the audio, the visuals, soup to nuts. Just a great fucking game. Uh, shame on me for not playing it sooner uh, but shame on you for not playing it sooner as well <laughs> that's right uh, because like i said it's super accessible these days so we encourage everybody to go play it and check it out and tell us what you think about it because yeah we're talking right now on the recording of this show but we love to just talk about the stuff that that we're passionate about uh so play it and let us know what you think and when you play it, forget about everything we talked about up until this point of the podcast, because we spoiled the fuck out of this <laughs> so game for you. I was you. literally going to say, you know what, though? The beauty of this game is you could spoil the entire story, and it does not Until matter. you experience it. It is not. Yeah. It's hard to... We could tell you every story beat, and like, oh, I don't want to play anymore. No, you want to experience yeah, you, this. Yeah, you guys said that about Bioshock Infinite. Did you beat that game yet? No. So I thought. I don't even know if I have to. Just are, go and listen to the are podcast. You, again. Are, you, are you any further than you were when we talked about it? No, after months the podcast. Ago. Yeah. Well, fuck. God damn it. It's always that, a lighthouse, Dave. There's whole, always a lighthouse. That whole experience, though, of just listening to you guys talk about that was just was, 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 was good. It was yeah. good for me. That's fair. So. Well, we appreciate everybody joining us this week. Uh, another exciting episode coming next week. Mac, you want to talk about what it is? Uh, yeah, it is, uh, genital warts and the creams you use to get rid of them. Uh, we're going to have an expert on who, uh, confirmed has genital warts and is going to talk about the, uh, great care that we take in terms of, uh, how to live day to day with that. And then, you know, also try to trick people into having sex with you. So a lot of really great information for our dear listeners that you want to make sure you tune into for that. Yeah, we're that, really adding to the universe, aren't we? Yeah, that is not the answer I was oh, expecting. Oh, shit, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. No, uh, sorry, I thought that, we were talking that's, about wrestling. That's two weeks from now. Uh, favorite wrestling matches, part one. Part I, one. I want to go ahead and, you know, we haven't listed his favorite wrestling matches here. Our own personal favorites. Uh, some of these may appear on common top 25 top 30 lists things like that some of them maybe you've never heard of before but we're gonna go ahead and say part one because fuck when we started this assignment i think my list was at six or seven that i narrowed it down to uh not to mention the fact that you know being that we are you know at 75 percent uh operational capacity here without mr brown we do want to make sure that we'll be doing a part two and probably a part three down the road and be able to kind of get some of his insights on some of that as well. Absolutely. So favorite wrestling Respect. matches, part one, coming your way, ladies and gentlemen, next week on Nothing Good.